Thoughts from Basketball official podcast. Official podcast. Official. We have two hosts today. Myself, Mark, and co-host, Paul. Are you going to introduce yourself or not? I am. Funnily enough, as soon as we started this, my son is just phoning me constantly. Yeah, I'm Paul, and um, I spoke before on your podcast, the Tone Chest podcast, and um, it was all about Portsmouth basketball, and I think we just had a lot of feedback, really positive feedback on that. Um, so it's just turned into an official Portsmouth basketball an podcast. official podcast. Yeah. So we're going to still host it on Noises Were Made for now. Or we figure out how many sessions, how many things, what the format's going to be. We're going to be fleshing it out. But in the meantime, if you do have any questions or you want to get hold of us, noiseswermade.com or go to noiseswermade, have a look, check out our Instagram. We're going to be starting to put loads of bits and pieces up there about Portsmouth Force. But for now, it's we're just going to free wing it and see what happens. Yeah, and uh, you know what? I think a really good place to start is the... the yeah, you know, We talked about the Portsmouth Force before... And they had their um, the National League tryouts, local league tryouts recently. And um, I was sat next to Simon Olini Perku, uh, Portsmouth Force men's MVP. And um, I just was talking to him about the history of Portsmouth and, and basketball. Um, and he wasn't aware of some of the things. Um, and I just thought, well, you know what? That'd be a great place to start, don't you think? Yeah, definitely. I mean... You've been, you and, and, and your family and the brother uh, and many of us have been around that Portsmouth scene for a little while. But, I mean, it goes back a fair way, doesn't it? A lot of people still, maybe in the UK particularly, still look at basketball as a, a new sport sometimes. But it's just because it's not football or it's not old like rugby or cricket or, you know. It's not in our heritage in that way, but basketball's been pretty prevalent in our in our society. What since seventies? Uh, I think so. And I mean, we're going back to the days. I mean, when we talk nationally, we're talking you know the mid eighties, really, for Portsmouth. But these were the days when when you wanted an NBA game. Remember, Andrew and Steve used to go and get the videos sent over, so you'd have to wait for the video to be sent over from the states, and then yeah. you'd you know, watch a, like a VHS tape of, of a game. I mean, it's all changed now. you got... Not that kind of video. Streaming and, and all of that. But, um, yeah, in the in the 80s, that's when National League really started for basketball. I mean, we were kids when that happened, but, I mean, that was pretty magical from what I remember. Yeah, I, I think it is. I mean, I, I followed suit, what you and your brother were doing. Obviously, I followed along. Third will fourth wheel fifth wheel <laughs> but it's you know back then that it wasn't it was it was part i want to say part of the americana thing maybe as well because it was an american sport and there was that sort of appeal to it where you know it's very easy to access football you just get a ball and go but but to access basketball was like you had to go somewhere mm. so you had to go do something and there were other people who were doing something that wasn't as common so it kind of made it a bit more special in a way but then, because of who was doing it, and because Mick had created that um, that really nice place that you could go to at Manbatten at the time, it, it, it's, you know you, you're part of something. And it, it, even when we were, I mean, I don't know how young we were going to that six, seven, we were small going to Manbatten. But even then, um, 
it felt like you're part of something, like you're part of Portsmouth basketball. You know, we weren't playing, we weren't playing on the court. We weren't at the national league level, but you felt that you were part of the team just because you were training in the same place that they trained. It'd be, I guess, like a, a football player playing at Barcelona grounds and the, the juniors playing in the same place and the same locker room. And the, it, that's how it felt. And so yeah. you just thought, wow, yeah, I'm part of the Portsmouth basketball scene. Yeah, and a lot of credit needs to go to Mick. And I do think um, that we probably should do another show just about Mick. 100%. Um, because the impact he had in in Portsmouth, maybe not just Portsmouth, in Solent. Um, I mean, we're talking about, you know, Mick Byrne, he was the um, Solent Stars coach at one point, then came to Portsmouth. He was a coach there for a couple of National League teams. But at the same time, he was the England manager. And, um, you know, you don't get the Portsmouth force set up that you have now without Mick. This is 100% Mick's legacy here. Um, How many teams in Portsmouth right now? You've got Portsmouth Force, Men's National League, but you've got National League all the way from under-18s, under-16s, under-14s, under-12s. Then before that, you've got the fun and fundamental sessions going on, and then you've got Local League. Yep. And then for Men's, you've also got Local League, so obviously the best team in Portsmouth is the Portsmouth Fury. Um, and then you've obviously got the Trez team um, and the Navy. Um, and which is the smugglers. So And the impact of all of those teams. It's Mick. It's Mick. Yeah. That's, and the, that's the legacy, isn't it? Yeah, and it's um you know, it it's it's difficult because he, he, he contributed so much, you know, to to me personally. I and you know, I couldn't be more more grateful to Mick for everything he gave me. Um and you know, I, I just think we, we could we could talk a whole episode about great Mickey Byrne stories. Um, and um, But, you know, on that note, that's probably a good place to start, is Portsmouth FC Basketball Club. So, and, and this is what I was trying to... <laughs> it's an interesting name, isn't it? Portsmouth FC. So Portsmouth Football Club Basketball Club. Yeah, so what <laughs> happened, um, anyone who, who follows Portsmouth Portsmouth Football Club, um, there was a chairman called John Deacon and he was trying to get into basketball and he was trying to buy, uh, I think he tried to buy the Solent Stars at one point. Um, they weren't interested and he ended up buying a team which turned into Portsmouth FC Basketball Club. Um, and you know what? And this is, I think, the maybe I might say frustrating thing from my perspective is no one knows about it. No one knows about it. But Portsmouth were the best team in the country. The best team in the country. So just looking through the stats here. So in 90, in the season 1986 to 87, they won the highest league in British basketball. In 1987 to 88, they did the repeat. Um, their... Achilles Hill was all, always the cup, the cup final. Um, I think it was Kingston in those seasons that they won the league. They lost to Kingston in those seasons in the final both times. I mean, you'll remember the uh, Steve Bontrager. Remember him? Like crew cut, just hit threes, 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 threes. Oh, yeah. um, and 
you know, the the team we had then, um, I'll name a couple of players. You've got Colin Irish, played for Portsmouth, played for England. Alan Cunningham, played for Portsmouth, played for England. Um, you've got Steve Nelson, Carl Tatum, Mike Spade, Jason Colgan. So Jason Colgan is a really good one to talk to. And I don't know if he would ever come on this. I, I, we can Jason, ask him. if you're listening, you know what to do. Yeah, I th- I th- he might do. Um, but he came well, we through. See, we saw him a little while ago, didn't we? Yeah, he he seemed at the macros potential. He might do it. Not with Jules. Um, but he came through the youth setup yeah. at that time, which Mick set up. Um, and you know, he's the the only Portsmouth-born basketball player who has got a a BBL medal. And I was saying to him, like, how cool is that, Jason? And he's he's pretty humble. I think he I think with certain players, they just get absorbed so much into basketball. When they come out of it, they're just like, I want to stay away from it. Yeah, I think I think there's a testament to how deep you know you've been in basketball for this long. That's why. And like you said, we were we were quite lucky in the era that we got to practice and train because we got first hand to train with Mick and Alex and Jason um, and back when we were little they were like the other side of the curtain or they were training us yeah and I remember when Jason was like training the older team and we were all on the other side of the curtain so just getting the other side of the curtain for, for those of you who don't know the man batten centre in Portsmouth giant basketball court and bleachers etc but they had a the curtain that they pull across a bit like a in a school scenario and all the juniors were used to be on one side and segregated and then the other players would be getting stuck in and they were the older boys and it was always almost like an aspiration to just get the other side of the curtain mm. uh, and you know as mick so graciously put one day when we were old enough it wasn't like some sort of ceremony of it was more like what are you guys bloody doing here get over that side yeah and you're like all right we're and that, then that's next, like promotion. <laughs> there the you next go, you're step was the Monday night yep. sessions. And it's Monday nights. And then that was you turn up on Monday night. It was like you turn up ready to play. Yeah. I remember. Um, yeah, that's when you, you on the Monday night you turn up and uh, oh, his name escapes me, but he, it'll come to me in a minute. He, he passed me the ball, and literally passed it so fast I couldn't couldn't hold on to it. Martin. Martin Dowdle. That's his name. Um, <laughs> but you know, it was quite in those days. It was like no mercy. Like you know step up or sit down i think you i mean what you've hinted on there and i think it's worth expanding is the same as like mick son alex uh, the same as your brother there's lots of people who've been involved in basketball it it's you're talking about monday nights you're talking about or saturday mornings you're talking about uh mid midweek traveling somewhere for a game the same as the players in Portsmouth Force now, you might have the home games, Saturdays, obviously, everyone's got to get down there. But they're also traveling, going for away games, etc. People don't sometimes appreciate that there's a lot of time that goes into this and it's not just time nine to five or like a nice little one hour session that just slots in with life, that people who've put in this backbone and put in this structure, they're living it. It's a big commitment. It's a really big commitment. I mean, just when you did refing, how much was that commitment? <laughs> yeah, very. Yeah, yeah, very much so. It's you know whatever. 
I mean, basketball can really suck up your time. I guess um, at any sport to a, a good level. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? I mean, if they're up for it, we'll get some of the coaches on the show as well. Um, and, and all of them will attest how much time they yeah. put into it. Um, but just I've just found a really uh, cool stat here. So, um, so when Portsmouth were playing in Mountbatten Centre, Portsmouth FC basketball, they were getting 1,500 fans in every home game. Really? In the Mountbatten Centre. So I don't know if you remember, though, the bleachers both sides. That's so, right. yeah, say 750. I can't remember anyone down on the baselines. They must have had people in the top bit. Well, apparently well. the top bit was a VIP. You know, the old Mountbatten curtain. They opened that for VIPs only and whatever. <laughs> that's what it's saying here. Wow. Um, but, yeah, I think from what I remember, the, um, the baseline, that's when you had, like, people on shot clocks or yeah. people doing that, yeah, taking yeah. the tickets on the door from what I remember. Yeah. But, I mean, these are days when you had we had mascots, you know. You know, my brother Andrew, he was... You know, I think he was the mop boy That's and then right. he got promoted to and Steve did that as well. Steve did, I think, yeah. And they got promoted to being on the bench and handed the mm -hmm. players the water yep. as they came off. And Andrew he, I remember him, he always said Colin Irish would all, always grab the bottle and just squirt a bit as he grabbed it <laughs> at, at, at the kids. That's cool. Um but I mean, yeah, you know, that would be, you know, aspiration to get there. I mean, just looking further down, um, I don't know if you remember they played cup finals in the cup finals and it was on channel four remember that yep and that was when basketball was really coming into i guess the the wider community yes um six thousand fans six thousand people went to watch uh, in you know 1987 1988 the cup final where was that um that that, that wouldn't be Manhattan center no that's not about matter that uh I, I, i'll tell you when i find it um, you've put me on the spot. Yeah, Sellout crowd of 6,000 people and Channel 4 cameras saw Portsmouth start um, the cup final. So, what well, you know, going, regressing a little to our childhood, if you go mm, 90s, we're going 90s now. Um, Channel 4 were quite often the ones who picked up basketball. They were. And, and they did a really good show. Um, and the Get the name of the host. I'll have to look him up. But he used to go over to yeah. states, and he used to show a lot of the games and show lots of highlights and things. And they would have like top ten, yeah, of the week and stuff like that. It, yeah, it's almost like things that if you look now, like TNT and everything, what they do, and they just chuck yeah. it out as a, a short on YouTube. But that used to be almost the whole show. Now, yeah, you know, back then. But that was even we're talking early nineties. The only way you could get or access basketball really in the UK. Mm. And, you know, I remember you, when you guys got cable TV and the old NTL Scientific Atlanta boxes. And when you got that, I wasn't jealous at all. Um, <laughs> your brother was like, well, are we going to watch? He's like, no, you still can't watch it. And he was sending, was trying to get hold of people at Sky and saying, why are you not showing basketball? And yeah. Like, no, it's, there's not enough of a crowd or not enough people for it. Sky, incidentally, now. They're the ones who still have the rights to the NBA in the UK for licensing. That's um, why if you ever go type in NBA and you click on the link. Oh, it takes it, you to Sky Sports. It, and they're probably showing as much basketball as Channel 4 did in yeah, the 80s. It, it's, it's, you know. I mean, they're going up against streaming. So, like, we've got the NBA app. 
yeah. uh, on the like the PlayStation. You yeah, can get it online, whatever. But um, yeah, you can watch all the games live just for a season pass. It's a double-edged sword, isn't it? Because I mean, we can go into a whole thing with money anyway. With but just basketball followed football, and then it's overtaken football in terms of how it gets its money, and a lot of its money comes from TV rights. So Sky are paying a hefty amount of money to the NBA to be able to show the NBA. Mm. But truth be told, like you said, now you just go onto the, the app because it's much better. You can follow your own team. You can follow other people. Oh, you can watch every. You can watch all. I don't know what it is. All eighty-two games of the the season, can't you? Um, True basketball fan here. Yeah. Uh, so you know, what I would say, and this is, you know, one of the things I was saying to um, Simon at tryouts last week was Portsmouth were the best team in the country. And they won the league two seasons in a row. Also, just want to highlight, they were actually playing European basketball. So they were qualifying for the European Cup. Um, and not that they did well. I don't think Portsmouth did well in cups, from, what, that, from what I can that, see. I guess FIBA's equivalent of doing the football. I guess it's the the, the old it a champion, the equivalent of the Champions League. Yep. So Portsmouth didn't do great in cups, but they were in it. So they were... A, a, a European challenging team. I remember a, a couple of college American college teams came down once, um, oh, really? and we had close games against those guys. So that kind of hopefully sets the standard of um, yeah. of where Portsmouth was, and they won the season two years in a row. John Deacon then sells. Yep. Whole club stops. Yep. So imagine. I mean, the, the the equivalent would be like. Manchester City just won the Premier League and just go in. We're selling, clubs folded, done. That was what happened to Portsmouth. So it's absolutely huge. Um, I mean, what, and that's how it ended. Like uh, Dallas Mavs winning 2011 NBA Championship and then exploding the team the next year. Not that I'm bitter about that, but but the equivalent <laughs> would be Dallas winning the NBA champ- championships and then Dallas just not existing. To, yeah, it's just it's silly, isn't it, when you look at it that way. But I believe it was a financial thing, wasn't it? Keep the keep the football club going, or I'm not sure. The, I'm, uh, trying to, I'm, try, I'm trying to. I'm trying to trying to read it for you here. From vague recollections. It was a, a you know, um, obviously John Deacon. I think he passed away like in the 90s, like late 90s. Um, Shortly after the season concluded, John Deacon announced his intention to move his franchise to the newly built Rivermead Leisure Centre in Reading. Then in May 1988, so right at the end of the season, yep. he sold Portsmouth football, football Club. Oh, there we go. And no one was offering finance for a basketball club in either Portsmouth or Reading, and the ownership of the franchise reverted to the league, and then all the financial affairs just wound up. Yeah. Um, interestingly, some of the players, like um, Colin Irish, Alan Cunningham, Steve Nelson, and I think Mike Spade, they then moved just up the road to Worthing Bears. Mm. Fast forward a few years, Worthing Bears are the best team in the country. <laughs> um, and what happened to Worthing again? I don't know. It's a similar thing, was it? Yeah. Well, I, I, I think, it, I mean, it's <laughs> a sports team being mismanaged and disappearing. It's not really that uncommon, isn't it, I guess? But, no, I mean, you've uh, got the Solent Kestrels. That's, they, they were, I think, they've won... Division one. So this is a step down from what we were yep. talking about. So this is MBL Div One. They've just mm-hmm. won the MBL four out of five seasons. Then their sponsors pulled out. They now finished seventh and now they think they're pulling out of the league. 
again, that's a, a whole topic of discussion. We could try and get someone from the Kestrels on, wow, I'd imagine. Really? Yeah, so they're no longer in the NBA, uh, in the NBL Div 1, and they're just going to have a Div 2 team. And it's crazy because they're women's just one Div 1. And they've got the MVP of the league, uh, a girl called Faye, crazy enough, lives in Portsmouth. So she's a Portsmouth player and <laughs> playing for Solent Kestrels. Wow. I mean, if we could get a women's team going in here in National League, you know, you've got your best, one of the best NBL players That's ridiculous. in the country. And, and why is that? I don't know. Again, you want to get them on the show. We do. We absolutely do. We absolutely do want them on the show. It's, uh, yeah, we want to hear the nitty gritty of that because that's yeah. what's, I mean. And uh, you, you know what? Portsmouth, uh, for, for people who are listening who are maybe friends and family or have just stumbled on it and want to listen to cool bo- basketball stuff uh, or, you know, listen to my, my other podcasts, um, Portsmouth is a, an island city. We've got 208,000 people on this island, but we're the only city that is an island in the whole of the UK. Yeah. We're the only the island itself. Um, so we're really populous, really dense, and not dense like that, but there's a really good spirit and a lot of heritage, a lot of history in Portsmouth itself. Used to be the head of IBM for the UK. We've had we've got lots of big companies here. Um there's got to be people out there who would want to back a team sponsorship wise especially if you've got someone who is an, an elite player a professional athlete in the squad it, it doesn't make sense no. yeah I mean the my, my history with the Kestrels is um, <laughs> I, I'm trying to I'm trying to say it correctly Tepid. I don't, don't want to upset them I just I, d- I just don't get it. I just don't get it. And and that's why it'd be good to have them on the show yeah. because you will get to hear their side of the story because the, the only in the only involvement I've had with Kestrels is when I'm playing against them yeah. or coaching a team playing Ref- against them. Or, yeah, loads of times, yeah. refing against them. Um, so and they must love you. I don't know, but the, the, the one thing which I, I wasn't a fan of just there was... it. And I could be wrong. It was a very, um, we don't just want to beat you. We want to just humiliate you. And I wasn't a huge fan of that. Like I went to a coach once and said, do you know you're up by 80 points at half time and you're playing full court press on these guys? Do you want to ease up? And that's me saying a quiet word as a ref. And they're just like, no, we, we need to get a 150 point deficit on these guys. It's like, Okay, I, I, you know, you could destroy a team. That opposition yeah. could never play basketball again. I played in an under-12 tournament and I said to the coach, this team that I'm coaching has never played a basketball game in their lives. This is their first ever game. So what do they do? Full court press. When we're 20-0 down, I'm like, coach, come on, they've never played. They can't even get the ball out of their half. Okay, we'll go half court. And... You know, I'm just, I'm not a fan of that mentality of, and again, I could be completely wrong. I could be completely wrong. But when I see they've won the league four out of five times and they've now just come seventh and now they're pulling out of that league, I don't know if there's a correlation there. Wow. Okay. 
Uh, that is a yeah. can of worms there, that's, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's an absolute can of worms. But anyone from the Kestrels, anyone knows anyone in the Kestrels, come down. Let's have a chat. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah, 100%. They will it's, want to defend themselves 100%. You well, know, maybe Matt or someone you, like that. Do, do you know what? It's it's very, it's just interesting. It's like everything in life, like businesses and, you know, all of life, I think it's fair to say. There's always, there's more to a story. There's always other things that we, you know, are privy to or don't know. Um, but fundamentally, what it comes down to is it's just a shame to see any teams in a local area that are not doing well. Yeah. And, you know, to just to briefly touch on what you were saying with Mick earlier and part of his legacy is that Mick was sometimes the nemesis. Yeah. And he he was like the Reggie Miller. He played that card real well. He 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 was quite happy to be the antagonist who'd sit on the sideline and shout like, "What you haven't got enough players? Right, you forfeit the game or yeah. throw you under a bus." And then a season next season he'll be like, "I'm happy to come and coach you, and I'll give you some advice." And you'll think, "Wow, I've never looked at the game that way before." And it was all about you know when we've played games, and there've been heated moments on the court um there's you know i can think of teams that we played where we have you know rivalries and so forth at the end of the day we always got to remember we all like basketball we all like the same sport we're all doing it because we enjoy doing that sport and that should be like a common ground a bit like when you go to um i remember when you went to the twickenham for the first time and you were like uh, and, and then you went uh was it the seven Rugby sevens when you're out in yeah. uh, somewhere east. It's like the camaraderie of people, even though that they're against each other. Their yeah. teams are, you've got one guy from an English team next to a, a Fijian or a New Zealander, and you know the, the sportsmen are battling on the court or on the pitch. But everyone can stand next to each other. It's not like a football crowd. It's like it's such a different thing. And basketball is the same. Basketball is so much like the same. Yeah, it is. And I've got a really good example of when, and, and this is, I mean, this is going about t back 10 years ago, but I remember when um, this was National League Division 2 and it was Portsmouth Smugglers playing um, Solent Stars. Yep. And it was um, Fleming Park. That's where it was. So I think it was in Fleming Park, um, sellout, bleachers both sides lovely no trouble no trouble whatsoever and i remember as we were warming up looking around and you'd see Portsmouth southampton Portsmouth southampton all mixing together no one cared no one no. cared and it was almost like and that's fa more of a family environment and that's portsmouth and southampton which have would not get that in football no that never get a historic rivalry in football yeah but and it, yeah it, it's it's a really interesting thing to see that I mean you you mentioned you've mentioned bleach we've actually mentioned bleachers and some of the different stadiums the, the way the way the seating is now I know that you've come from a meeting today yeah about what's happening with Portsmouth Force going forward next season seating is probably one of the biggest challenges yeah, and we talked about it. So, you know, this was a meeting... Because um, the university doesn't have bleachers uh, on both sides. That, that that's, yeah. that's basically the main issue, isn't it? So I think what the... You know, Rob will definitely come on here um, and 
what he'll talk about it. What I think our challenge is, and he is hopeful to hit it this season, is 550 home fans for a game. How are we doing that? Inflatable chairs? I'm not sure you have to ask him, but Br- you know what? It's, it's a nice challenge <laughs> to have. Um, and Totally bringing an inflatable chair. Imagine that, just rocking up with a one of those inflatable sofas. Like. <laughs> but do it, do it. <laughs> I think you got seats down one side. You've yep. got those corners where you could put seats. I'm not just talking one row. You could put a row and then behind like you're in a theater. Or if you go to the NBA, you're not elevated on those first four rows anyway. I don't think, are you? Um, no, you're not. So they could do that on the corners. So on the backs, are you saying behind the rings? Uh, no, I'm talking the actual corners. Oh, okay. So where the bleachers are, you've got two Late corners end. either yes. sides yep. of, of, the, of bleachers. That's where I'd put it. Um, and then you'd have one row of seats on the other end of the court. Um, so that the, the and the only reason we got to stop at 550 is because of health and safety. So fire, there's a fire limit. Capacity, fire yeah. capacity, yeah. So okay. Um, I'm gonna throw you under a bus here. Yeah. How many people could you get there? If um, if if it was old-fashioned like Matt Batten I'm not saying playing at Matt Batten but I'm just saying you had two sets of bleachers that you could pack out to a decent amount how many do you reckon you could get to a game uh, you know I don't know because it kept increasing yeah and I then mean, it got to a point where it was like where are you know that those last sort of six or seven games it was a case of uh where are we going to put people and there was people just standing up yeah, and I think that is what will continue. So, and this, you know, to put perspective in that, when you go to an, uh, an away game and you go and see other teams playing, how many people have they got turning up? Well, you're talking about Division Three National League basketball. So when yeah. I went down to Bogner, I don't know, 20, maybe, yeah. 30, maybe. And what about Division Two then? What about the next division up? I, I, I think Division Two. well, we'll find out this, we'll find out, um, I don't know, mate. I don't know. I don't know. I think Division Two, you're probably looking at maybe a hundred. Um, but still, and then when you get to Division One, you're looking at you know over two hundred people watching. I do know because um, Dan, head coach Daniel Fatima Day, I asked him the question. He knew the answer. Um, the BBL, you need a capacity of a thousand yeah. people. Okay. to come and watch the game. So that's capacity. So if BBL, sorry, if Basketball England are saying BBL capacity is a 1,000, yep. personally, that is what my target will be. And I, I reckon Rob would say more than that, but let's get let's get him on and say. But, I mean, these are all nice, nice problems to have. They are. They are. Good. I mean, and obviously this season at Ravelin, again, that's going to be the home court. And our first home game is a friendly against... Solent Kestrels. <laughs> <laughs> so, wh- when is that? Um, the date? Or, or I, I want to say mid-September. mid-September. I think 16th of September, but it's penciled in. We're waiting for them to confirm. Now, I know 100% in, so we're just inside. They're going to they're gonna say this is their Div 2 team. It'll be their Div 2 team for yep. next season. But this yep. is basically their Div 1 team that finished 7th yep. in NBL. That's what I think. Okay. Um, so it'll be a, good. a big test. Good. It'll be a big test. And that's going to be September time. I mean, that's... I just want to beat the Solent bloody Kestrels. It's just, <laughs> I've never beaten them in my life as a player. I mean, we beat the Solent Stars 
uh, a handful of times. But the Kestrels, I mean, the Kestrels, the actual, I don't know if they would say this, but they started local league with the Teasdale brothers. <laughs> and, you know, the Fury, we played them as the Portsmouth Fury loads of times and they always beat us by one point, yeah. two points. We could just never yeah. get over that hurdle. No. And then all of a sudden, this the Kestrels exploded into this huge National League juggernaut that no one can touch. Um, so, you know what? If... I was the chairman. My my focus would always be if we're comparing ourselves against them. You know, we're not we're not doing too bad. Per personally, the best scenario would be we're in BBL, they're in BBL, and we're competing for the league, and we're in the cup final. That'd be amazing. What capacity could they have as a crowd? Well, they've got the Solent University. Okay. I don't know the official crowd but i reckon their bleachers i don't think are as big as ours they're slightly small maybe one or two rows but it's quite long yeah so i reckon that will be a similar capacity i'm guessing here but saying 300 but behind that they've got this like um this elevated floor with more seats yeah. i think there might be three rows up there i i guess maybe another hundred up there um, I've never been to a Kestrel's home game, so I couldn't tell you if they're filling it out. But from what I understand, they're filling it out. I mean, that's again... Why are we talking about Solent Kestrel's? <laughs> yeah, your hatred runs deep. <laughs> You're not biased at all. But well, I think it's an important thing because it's, you know, basketball, you're going to go and play. A lot of the guys who are playing on the, on the team right now, it's fair to say, the crowd's got behind the team mm -hmm. and when the crowd gets behind the team there's been players and I can think of a couple I think a couple of them are left now this season but I can think of some players who uh, certainly got boosted in terms of how they play and their attitude and their attack to the game just because the crowd's getting behind them and and not necessarily when they're doing well when the crowd's like we've got to G them up a bit and give them a little bit of you know we're behind you yeah so it's good to hear that you have, you know, that if you're a player, you're playing home game, that should be an advantage. Which is one of the questions I'm going to come on to because we touched on it before. But when you go away and you're traveling, you want to think I'm, I'm performing in front of people. Yeah. Because, you know, we're setting a, a precedent in the way and, and the sort of things that we've done last season to entertain people, not just, it's not... I'll say not just a basketball game, but it is entertainment. And, and like you said on the previous podcast, like you wanted to bring, uh, like an NBA game does, the entertainment level. So you're coming into a, a game and the lights are going off, there's music, there's commentary, there's all those sort of things. It adds to the atmosphere and it creates energy. Yeah. And I think a good thing is, you, you an example would be, you would have like a parent who would bring their child to watch a game that they want to watch and yep. all of a sudden they're going oh actually this is this is quite exciting this is quite interesting yep and, and those i mean you've hinted on those junior teams and someone brings a child along they go oh this is great and then they go great get them into the junior team get them playing they might come and start playing a bit more often and so the cycle continues but a lot of that all stemmed back from in the 80s with from mick 100 from mick um, yeah, like I said, what is going on now is his legacy. 
And the tryouts happened last last weekend for National League to work out the National League players and then the local league players. And I think a few seasons ago, if you turned up to practice yep. at youth level, you'd probably be in the team. There's a good chance you'd be in the team. Just as a guideline, under-14s had like 38 players all competing for yep. 15 National League spots. Yep. Um, the under-16s was like 40-something. Yeah. And then when you see all their... And you know what? You're looking at their faces. They all want that spot, one <laughs> yeah. of those spots. Don't want to be a coach that day, do you? No. And you, <laughs> but you know what? Again, it's a hard decision. but It's, a, it's good for the club. And you know what? I couldn't help. I couldn't help think to myself. I did say it to a few of the older, the older um, coaches there that you know. I really hope Mick is looking down and smiling, and just going, "I was part of that. I was part of setting this all up." Yeah, you probably go. You're doing that wrong. Why yeah. you say that? <laughs> but but, um, but you're right because it's it, it, it. That's a whole. It's been a whole feeder, and it's carried on, and it's sustainable. And there's all these other clubs that are around, like Kestrels, um, and all of the other. I'm going to keep saying Kestrels just because I can see your face twitch every time you do. But all of those teams and all of these people have, have grown a love for basketball through this uh, community of basketball players. Really, yeah. I mean, there's players that you've played with in sort of the like the GB Masters sort of level that you used to go up against. And I can think of a couple in particular that won't say you did dislike them strongly, let's put it that way, but you used to have a good battle with them when they were an opponent. And then now, as age has gone on, you're now playing with them, you're shoulder to shoulder with them, playing against other people. Yeah, and and I think as you mature, that's when you... Oh, that's optional for me. Yeah, when you mature, I think you realise... How how much they get? You know, when you're young, you come in, you get frustrated, you get teased, and all of that. You know, um, I definitely had my fair teased and ejections and stuff like that. But when you get older, it's just like it's a game. We love it, but you know, we all love it. Someone has to lose. Someone has to win. So, what what can people expect this season then? Well, um, there has for Portsmouth Force this year. There has been a massive change. So they were playing NBL Div 3 yep. and the the league was actually broken up um, into a, a couple of sections. Um, I'll tell you, one, two, three, four, five, six. So it's split up. The country was split up into seven sections. But the, the, the ones um, down the bottom of the country, you had the South League and the South West League. And Portsmouth were in the South West League. Yeah. Um, now, where this has changed, there's a couple of teams coming in from Kent. <laughs> and so there's now going to be a South East division. Mm -hmm. Okay. Portsmouth and Bogner mm -hmm. have moved over into that South East division alongside... So Bogner are in East now? Just changed. I was lit because... Uh, as only you were going to go there. It was only you? a few weeks ago that it was they were still they were going to be in the west. Yeah, I didn't really so get it that. It didn't make any sense because Bogner, for those who don't know, is actually further east on a map by twenty miles, 
<laughs> than Portsmouth, and they were going to stay in the west. They've we moved. Were going to go in the east. They've moved as well. Ah, now there we go. Um, so well, that's good for travel time. Yeah, it is, and it also it's a, it's definitely another away game we can go and watch. I mean, it's twenty minutes down the road, so I mean, it's Bognor though. Well, I don't matter. Don't matter. <laughs> um, and then from the south division, you've got Worthing Thunder, the Crawley Storm, and the Reading Rocket. So they're moving over to the southeast as well. And and then I think you've got three teams. I've got it here. So you've got the Canterbury Crusaders. We're talking Division 3, Mark. They're in Division 2. So the Kent teams are the Canterbury Crusaders, the Eastbourne Neptunes, Mm -hmm. and the Kent Crusaders. So you've got the Canterbury Crusaders, the Kent Crusaders, and the Kent Panthers. And Eastbourne, I think, is a new team. I don't know. I can't find what Eastbourne where they were. Crusaders as well. I mean, I'm not sure. Sounds very Batman-ish, doesn't it? Well, Mars Crusade was a great cartoon, 80s. Flying car, the lot. But what I would say is, now I can't comment on these Kent teams or Eastbourne because we've not seen them. But you're going to. But they're new teams. Oh, so brand, brand new. I think so. Well, they're, they're new to National League from what I can see. They oh, haven't been in okay. South. They haven't been in Southwest. So I don't know where else they would have played. Maybe they had their own league. Kent had its own league that was going on. We'll have to look into that for next time. No. We're, we're, we're I just it. found them, mate. I just found them. They played in the East Division. Okay. So the Kent Crusaders played in the East Division. Um Oh, so that would have been like Norfolk or that sort of place, I was guessing. Yeah, Northampton and Essex and, and Bury around that way. Oh, so basically they were... Ah, sorry. A can- the Canterbury Crusaders, they were also in the East Division. Oh, there we go then. So, just- so it's two new teams. So it's Eastbourne and Kent Panthers. They're the two new teams. Amazing. Now, what I would say is why they're two teams, so we don't know what to expect. So it was you say it was Eastbourne? What was Eastbourne called? Eastbourne Neptunes. Eastbourne, oh, I like the name. Eastbourne Neptunes and Kent Panthers. Kent Panthers. They're new Any, to National League. Anyone who's listening from any of these, drop us a line. Noises were made at gmail.com. Yep. Or go on to Noises Were Made at our Instagram. Drop us a line. We'd love to talk to anyone, any of your teams, yeah. you know, coaches, players, everyone. We just, you know, it'd be really good to find out who's in the league and what everyone's expecting from the, the season. I mean, but they're unknowns. They're absolutely unknowns. Now, what I would say, um, ju- I'm just basing this on win percentage from the season just gone. Oh, my God. Yeah, we're going into detail, mate. So the Kent Crusaders, they got a 72% winning percentage. Yep. What about the others? Um, again, this is interesting stuff, mate. Yeah, sounds it. So Canterbury again, twenty-five percent winning sh- winning percentage. Um, Bogner, just under forty percent. And then if you look at the other teams, Worthing Thunder, they had sixty percent. So, just and statistically what, what speaking, Portsmouth uh, Force, the same as Kent uh, Kent Crusaders. Okay. So seventy-two percent. So it looks. Yeah. 
if we just look statistically that Portsmouth will be up the top of the league around the Kent Panthers as well. So they're, sorry, the Kent Crusaders. They're the ones that um, will be the, is, is the question mark with the other two uh, Kent teams that we haven't seen. So what I'm saying is it looks very positive Portsmouth in the playoffs next year. Especially when you got... Okay, just throwing that out there. Yeah. You know what? I will go as far as to say, mm-hmm. oh, should I say this or not? Don't put a hex on something. You know the drill. If you're going to say it, it's got to deliver it. I think I think Portsmouth are going to win the league. <laughs> I think they're going to win the league. <laughs> no, no pressure to any of the players listening. Daniel, the team, the coach, the staff, everyone, Rob. I think they're no going to win the league. No pressure to any of them. I think they're going to they're, they're going to be up there. I think they've got a good chance to win the league. They're going to be in playoffs. And when you're in playoffs, if you've got a high percentage, anyone coming down south mm-hmm. for those playoffs, I think you've got a tough, just with the home crowd, especially yeah. if it's going to get elevated even more. Well, that's, um, what, that's where we need uh, more people coming down. Yeah. We need, we, we, you know, the, it can't be understated how much creating that atmosphere and the teams having that that feeling you know there was a thing that you were talking with 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 the bbl originally last year about uh not fighting but making a good case for having the sound effects for doing the you know dimming the lights putting on a bit more of a show and part of it was that is a advantage and the truth is it's a home advantage every team on the planet in every sport has a home advantage but that was the only avenue that they could really go down on well you know you can't make it too much of an advantage so you know you don't you don't put the other teams down and you don't do other things like that but effectively it's a case of geeing up your team and getting the crown behind them and putting on a great sh- that's what the the great show is effectively isn't it and it's a little difficult because they have just released guidance and the guidance says you have to be um 100% neutral. So I need to fully understand that because in certain documents it says you can be more enthusiastic. Yeah, of course. If you're not allowed to be more enthusiastic and it's neutral, well, okay, it's the announcer becomes very boring, doesn't it? Very boring. Yeah, I mean, the good thing is that it's not an announcer in the, in the sense of when you're watching sport and you've got someone with, you're talking along the whole time or, you know, like we are, we, we, we're not giving a commentary over the top. It is very much an announcing. You're announcing their, I won't say fouls, but you did that last time and you told off for that. But if you're announcing these are substitutions, these are players, and basket, et cetera, et cetera. I think the course that you were on those last few games last season, it was nailed. I think so. And I'd love to get BE down to just, mm. even if it was to critique it and just give us their thoughts on it. But you know what? I think the environment and the atmosphere that we've got going, honestly, I generally believe it is in the top of the NBL experiences you can get. I can't comment on on BBL, the top league, but as far as National League basketball, I think Portsmouth has got one of the best experiences you can, you're going to get. Wow. And it's a shame any awards don't go to down to they don't consider division three because i think we'd be considered so is there an award for that 
yeah, I think there, there are some some kind of awards for atmosphere and something like that. Um, but they only consider the Division One and Two. We'll get there when we get to Division One, Division Two. You know, that's when we'll find out if, if BE consider us to be our atmosphere to be up there. So just you touched on that. Just quickly explain to people who don't understand what would it take for someone, what would it take for the Portsmouth to move up to Division Two? So we're in this new Southeast Division Three. Yep. Um, we need to be in the top two. Yep. If you're not in the top two, I think they take the top two teams out of all the divisions. Okay. In Division Three, and do a play-in with the uh, best win percentage. Okay. Now, last year Portsmouth had the same win percentage. And the team that went through had scored 11 more points throughout the season. So 11 points throughout the season is how close Portsmouth got to being in the Division 3 playoffs. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So. And that's the inaugural that's season nothing. as well. That's 11 points. That's nothing. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. So. Um, oh, yeah. Scored that in my sleep. So if you get in the playoffs... Um, you know what? I'm not a hundred percent sure of the structure. So yeah, I'm curious because they've got a new because there's now a southeast and a southwest, and they've changed it. I'm wondering if there's a. You're saying about the bottom two teams. I wonder if they're going to do like a like in the NBA they do the play-ins now, and that format for the NBA. Um, for those of you, hopefully you're listening, you do follow the NBA, but they've changed that playoff thing now. So there is a play. It's rather than the, whoever gets the bottom two, they actually do a play-in. Yeah, I quite them. like that. Gives it, you another chance, just in case. Well, you look at it now. Lakers and Miami Heat were both people who were out of the playoffs, and then they both got through and got into the play-in. From there, they both went through. Uh, obviously, Miami went right through to the finals. Yeah. But they, all of them were out. But the play-in enabled them to happen. Although, there is an argument to say um, you could cruise for the season. And then when, when if, as long as you get to the playoffs then just change gear so there is an argument to say you could do that and as a player you know that you, and if, I think if some eight, teams would consider doing that wouldn't they like Clippers maybe uh, well the Lakers definitely look like they did that um, Miami I don't think so much that Miami are a pretty strategic team and they've done it historically they've been very competitive I, I looked up the other day actually I was speaking to your brother and he's an Orlando Magic fan and Miami obviously came into the same, the league at the same time, but look how how much more successful and you know two Florida teams coming in late eighties and nineties. That's when they're all establishing and setting through. So they're only like thirty odd years old, but look how successful Miami's been as a team. Yeah, and obviously they've had you know your LeBrons, your Shaqs, and and D Wade, etc. But you also they've had Pat Riley as a coach. And the coaching played such a massive part in bringing the right players, uh, the right ethos, and that sort of drive. Wow, Mark, you're not going to believe what I've just found. Is it Kestrel's homepage? Do you know I said a team beat us by 11 points to take our playoff spot? Please tell me it was the Kestrels. It's the Kent Crusaders who we're going to be in the division with next year. They're the ones who beat you. They're the ones that took our playoff spot by 11 points. Well, well, well. There's a, you know, wow, that's a great story, isn't it? I mean, it sounds like you're gaslighting to get a grudge match going. Yeah. 
No, that's really interesting that you that especially for them it's going to be great for travel because i guess anywhere in kent wise they're looking dartworth or dartford tunnel rather and below so before they'd have had to be going over to essex and driving all that way um yeah i mean even just based in portsmouth as we are driving down to a couple of the games like in even going to salisbury sometimes used to be a pain in the bum because it was traffic yeah. more than anything else I mean, there's definitely some some games. You got what Brighton, easy, Worthing, easy, um, Bognor. So there's three home games that I think you're going to get. What was that? It's a car outside. Well, we are in a loud, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I think there's three. It's not away... gunshots. We're okay, and it's not fire alarms, so we're, we're all right. I think there's three away games that are potential. You'll get away band traveling to. That'd be nice. I'll probably yeah. go to those three. Maybe Eastbourne. Are you going to do any recce on any other teams in the league beforehand? You'll be pulling up some data here about, is that the sort of thing the teams do? Look up who the best players are, how they play. Is that the sort of thing that happens at this I, level? Um, probably not. No. I mean, I, th I think if someone's got a reputation, then obviously you, you're looking out for that person. Um, but I think at this level... There's lots of unknowns. Definitely for the first half of the season. Once you've played everyone, you know, you you know, Dan's gonna have his eye on certain players or certain defenses or whatever he can do to stop certain players who he knows are, 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 are very good. Um what, but what just, do you want to see different this year? So I just found something for you. So the playoffs, literally it's first round, quarterfinals, semi-final, finals. Oh. There you go. So it's four rounds, potentially four games after the season's finished. Now, what I would say, and we would have to ask Rob about this, mm -hmm. I know Rob that... Rob Milner, Chairman. Rob Milner, Mr. Chairman, Mr. Chairman. There are three teams that have gone up from Div 3 to Div 2. Yes. So I don't understand... Obviously, only one team can win the playoff final. Yes. But... Three teams have gone up, so there must be some kind of consideration with BE to promote teams. Uh, does not, I mean, doesn't that happen in football as well? Top two teams go through, and then the top from the other people took two drop down. I don't know. I don't know. We'd have to ask Rob, but there's something there because I know three teams have been promoted. So maybe there was a team that won everything in the league and then is it lost also, first round of the playoffs. I don't know. Is it also because they combined or they've moved some from East? And, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But Why do you not know this information? Sorry. You have everyone's percentages, but not this information. <laughs> I won't go to sleep tonight. So, you know what? Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the current upcoming season looks, looks good. Looks promising. What do you want to see this year from the team? From the team, I just competitive basketball. You know, it's, I think, and I, um, I think I'm speaking for Portsmouth when I say this. I think Portsmouth fans just like to see people try and work their hardest. Yeah. If they're working as hard as they can, and you lose, all right, you lose. You can't ask for more than that. Um, and I, I, I do feel that's a Portsmouth. Um, feeling if they're trying hard okay they've done the best they can so if they're competing that would be good if you're sat at the bottom of the division it's not great but you know what it if um with some of the players we got i think we're going to be up there and you know if they're competing that's all you can ask for on a side note 
if we now take a bit like what we did throughout the season as so we're taking all these little steps you know we're making the sound better we're doing this better and you know we've been taking all these steps so we got to the point where 350 people as a crowd was kind of a a, a norm for yep. a couple of games and we were like wow okay this is really cool um that grew from the throughout the season that did but that's now our starting point here so yeah. i think if that if that grows that'll be great um a hundred percent i can confirm we got a cheerleader squad now coming down and i'm very excited to take part in that <laughs> well that'd be great yeah i'll let her know um so you know we got cheerleaders so again that's another layer of something's going on during the time out and all of that and then um you know i don't know how much of a secret this is but we'll let it out you know there's there's talk of uh, a mascot blue this is i think is it's going to be his official name okay but we've got a mascot who's who's coming um the person going in um is very keen i am very keen yes so you know what we're just adding layer well, I'm not cheerleading after... i'm going to be in a suit yeah yeah it's just layer after layer and all that's just doing it's just building up this so when are the games announced and where can people get information and how do people follow the team and what is the plan for that for commuting communicating to the community yeah so i'm um, definitely facebook you type portsmouth force on facebook or instagram um obviously listen to our podcast obviously saying, obviously and i'm just going to double check for you now but i believe it's portsmouth basketball club amazing and you know we just mentioned the podcast we're i won't say we're slinging it out there see what happens but paul and i did a show and a lot of you tuned in you, you like the sound of it and we thought you know, we love we love basketball, we love Portsmouth, we love promoting the team and doing something on that. So let's just make it a, a basketball show that we talk about. We don't know what the name of it's going to be, so for now it's just going to be sat under this uh, umbrella for the time being. Um, but we do want feedback and we do want to interview people on the team and coaches and coaches from other teams, etc., etc. So do get in touch with us and tell us about format and other things that we want to talk about. You know, we um, do follow the NBA and FIBA and those sort of things. We, um, well, you had a couple of people, as we mentioned this, and there was a couple of questions coming at you as well, wasn't there? Yeah. So all of those things will bring up. If you've got any questions or topics you want us to Anything. talk about, noises were made at gmail.com. Yep. And Absolutely. also uk. That's where all the National League fixtures are. That's where the results will be. Um, so are I would, fixtures up now? They're not. They're very tentative. So BE okay. have released the fixtures, but yeah. it's then the teams working between them. Like you, I, we can't do that. You can't do that. It's just working through all the, you know. But when's that get shored up? Oh, I, I'd imagine over the next, you know, four weeks. I'd over, imagine over the summer period. Over the summer period, we'll know. So at the moment, and tentatively, September is the first yeah i will double check that but i think it's 16th of september okay. is solent kestrels at home is the first is the first home friendly yep and then the season will kick off i'm guessing late september early october bear with me You've which kind of aligns spot. with the nba um 
NBA season often, they have quite a few pre-seasons, and we've been lucky enough to go catch a few of those before. But often the NBA season kicks off right at the very end of October, maybe sort of early November. Um, you're getting certain fixtures, and you can almost okay. guarantee, depending on where you're, what team you're seeing, you're going to guarantee certain teams are going to be playing at that same time. So I'd imagine this will this will be a regular fixture. Well, the Portsmouth, they've got the potential. Kestrel, 16th yep. of September. And then on the 30th of September, they're at home to Bogner. That's the first home game, Bogner the at home. The first home game. First home game is Bogner at home. It's it's scheduled on the 30th at the okay. moment. Whether that will change or not, I, I, I do know that what they have changed this year is the tip-off time is going back an hour. Sorry, forward an hour. So it was 5.30, tip-off will now be 6.30. Oh, that's better. That's that's better for people getting there, I yeah. think. Um, it for people with children, just gonna have your children up a little bit later. But um, yeah, I mean the game finishes at eight o'clock, doesn't it? I mean your kids Roughly. go, my daughter goes, and they they're quite happy. They run around on the court, and it's you know it's as much a family atmosphere as it as it is. Yeah, uh, and you know what? A nice a nice point for you was I was again I told you I was talking to Simon Olini Perkun, yep, like MVP. Um, for the Ports of Force last year. If he did not get in, I'd be shocked if he wasn't in consideration for top two for the Division Three. Um, your little girl actually drew that picture for him. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And as he was walking out, she, I, you know, you should give it to him. She, he's, 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 I, we were talking about it. Yeah. He said, I've still got it at home. I still look at it. He goes, I'm never throwing that away. <laughs> He says, I'm never throwing that away. That's very, very cool. She'll, she'll like that. She will like that. But, you know, that that's a testament to the uh, the calibre of the players. And uh, like any really good sports people, um, it's it's more than the, the, the sport themselves sometimes. It's, you know, it, you, you can tell uh, the, the, they're all good guys out there. There's no... Uh, there's no eight holes on the team, and I think that stems <laughs> from the top, all the way down. So I yep. think I think the coach instills that in them. I, yep. I feel um, there's definitely a, a strong bond between the coach and the team, and re respect. Everyone yes, shows a lot of respect. I think hundred um, percent. What I, I would also highlight is there have been some other national league teams as well. From the 80s yep. to the Portsmouth Force now. Yeah. So, do you remember I mentioned Jason Colgan? I do indeed. So, he started up the Portsmouth Fire. Yeah. And that's where my brother Andrew, that's yep. where he first played National League. So, they were in National League Div 3. Um, we would have to ask one of those players how many years that went on for. I'm going to say it's one season or two seasons. Jason's the key. He's got to get his, he's got to get his butt down there. I mean, he would... He would have some I think he'd fantastic stories. It's he would have some fantastic booth, stories. So yeah, he'd be able to fit in. Um, he'd get high, <laughs> imagine he brings his BBL medal. That'd be great. I don't know if he's still got it. We have oh, to right, ask fan him. Boy, calm down. Great. And then you know the Portsmouth Smugglers. That was with Mick as coach. Yes. Yeah. Um, that I, I, I want to say ninety six, ninety seven. They went into National League Div three. 
Now, what I remember was Andy Rowlands was playing. So Andy Rowlands, you know, playing for GB now, going off to the World Championships for the over 50s. I'm so confident he'll come on here, but we'll have to ask him about that because I don't know how many seasons they played um, National League basketball, but they, yeah. they were called the Portsmouth Smugglers. And Furies, mid-90s as well. No, 1989. But we know that was that's more local league. Fury's never gone National League. So just for everyone out there, Portsmouth Fury is a team that was created by my brother and a, and a couple of his friends um, and is arguably the oldest team, I would say, definitely in Portsmouth. I mean, this season coming up local league, they'll be 34 years. Mm. Um, definitely in Sabah. You know, the smugglers moved to the Navy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what the oldest team out there would, would well, they be. Start, they started the Fury in... 89. They started the Fury in, it was called the, the New Power Cram Generation. <laughs> and they played a season as that, and then it turned into the Portsmouth Force. And then a season after, it turned into the Portsmouth Fury. I always thought it was like mid-90s. Well, that mid-90s is when we would have got involved in it. But it had been—it was going for a couple of well, years. I was thinking because they were at college when they set up. Yeah. So ninety. Yeah. Early nineties. Yeah. Wow. And then we old Mick again. <laughs> he created the Portsmouth Smugglers again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that was late. I don't know what you say nowadays. Is it noughties? Late yeah. noughties. Yeah, something like that. So it no. What did so you say after that, do you say tens, teens? I don't know. I don't know what you say. Someone will tell us at some point. And but you don't say. You can't say twenties now, can you? Well, yeah, I guess you can. Twenty twenties. Do you? I guess twenty twenties. But what about the nineteen twenties? That's the twenties. I don't know. I don't know, mate. <laughs> we. This is information we need to know. <laughs> well. Mick set that up again. So he he rolled the dice. And I remember it was because um, originally, and this is when this is where I got involved in National League, because originally he asked me to play for the Solent Stars. And it was one of the last years from what I remember the Solent Stars being. It was a real, I'd say a bit shabby. It was a bit shabby. I mean, they were asking me to play. Well, don't be yourself, Dan. You're no, bad. it was like, if you're asking me to play, there's a problem. <laughs> and... Um, no, if you're asking me to play, there's a problem. There was, there was one year there, and then I think the Solent Stars stopped, mm. maybe for a couple of seasons, and then they came back with like Mark Jackson. Yep. Um, but the port and that team that was there for that one year moved to Portsmouth, yep. and became the Portsmouth Smugglers, and went on this. Oh, I mean, we were around for quite a while. Um, and we started in Division 4, National League Division 4, and we got all the way to National League Division 3. No, 2. We got all the way up to Division 2, um, and we were competing in the playoffs every year. We had a good team. So you had the, the Kestrel brothers. Yep. So they were, you know, part of the... Um, sorry, not the Kestrel brothers. The Teasdale brothers. <laughs> the Teasdale brothers. <laughs> who, I wasn't going to let that go. <laughs> the Teasdale brothers who set up the Kestrels. Yeah. Um, they were in the team. Um, you had um, Harry Milner. Was it Harry Milner? I'm trying to think of their name. Um, Ryan Payne, really good guard. Um, he's, he's now playing local league for Hamble. 
um, Larry, guy called Clayton, Clayton Milner, really good player. Um, and then Andy Ong. Yep, Larry Rowe. Lawrence, yeah, Lawrence was playing. Um, you know, so it was a good bunch of players. And, you know, yeah, we were, we were together for quite a while, quite a while. And I want to say it was about 2011, 2011, 2012. Again, the team just, just imploded. Yeah. Just, I think a couple of players went and then all of a sudden you're down to five players and it's like, well, I haven't got any players, team ends. So, um, but I do remember that right at the end, it was um, the last game we played was Division Two playoff semi-final against Sefton. I do remember that. And that was the last National League basketball that Portsmouth had until, until the Portsmouth Force. So what's the what's the biggest danger for Portsmouth Force this year? Um what's the biggest challenge? I think So we've talked about some finances. teams have, some teams that have, you know, folded up or some that are dropping out or, you know, wussing out of things or some others are just changing divisions and and obviously historically some teams have just disappeared so what what is it that they've had an awful year and it's fair to say that's a great start but what's next this year you know what, what do they have to we know you, you think they're going to win the league and go ahead and at least get in the playoffs and be strong contenders but what do they have to be mindful of I think it's not the player players um, I think Rob has got the biggest challenge, which is the financials. Um, so that's something personally I stay away from because, you know, I'd be so tight with it. I'd be really tight, but then you you wouldn't have what you had. So, you know, Rob is very good at working out how to do all the things that you need to do. Um, that Rob, is Rob, Rob is an accountant. Yeah. In fairness. But that, I think, is always going to be a challenge for a club. Um, I think from a, a team perspective, the players, I think there's a bit of expectation. Yep. Because, you know, you miss out on playoffs by 11 points and now you go into a new season and like we're talking about, we're expecting, you know, to be top three at least is the expectation. Yep. And so, you know, does that put pressure on the players? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I guess. Uh, so you, you know, you, you're losing Alex Grant, you know, really good inside in inside man there's there's a small chance he may stay but last time i spoke to him you know he, he's looking to take his basketball to europe um you know if for whatever reason he ended up staying wow that would be great for the club um you have also got you know some of the um contributing players like um zachary arby yep um if he doesn't end up going to the States, okay, that's just positive for us. Um, again, I haven't I haven't spoken to anyone who's in contact with Zach, so I don't know about that. But, you, you know, you got Simon Olinipekun, I've, I've mentioned his name quite a few times, you know. Didn't he recently do something GB as well? Yeah, so so Simon and Alex, it was Alex Grant well, wasn't it? Yeah. got voted into the British, sorry, the England basketball for university so yeah. i think i'm assuming that's 12 spots 
um, but they got voted in for that. So that's I mean, really what good. what a great accomplishment! But again, that's that's the team. They some of the players that we're we're, we're talking yeah. about there are being highlighted for British university basketball. Um, but then I would say you've also got other players like Alan Vitag, yep. who he's definitely going to be around for the first part of the season. Um, I think when I first saw him play, he was okay. But most improved player that I've seen recently, and you know, I saw him, I saw him playing the other day and I was like, bloody hell, he has really improved. And, um, excuse me. <coughs> so do you think that yeah, anyone who's doing that, they have to, what do they have to do to get in starting five? That, that's got to be, you know. That's a Dan question, really. Yeah. I think if you want it. Come on, Dan, tell us. If Drop you us want a line, it, Dan us. will come in. Dan will come in. If you, you know, if you want it and work hard, you know, the coaches are going to see it. The coaches will see that. But is, that's the starting five. That's, the, that's where they will want. How many people are in the team at the moment? Are, are all spots allocated? I don't know. I don't know. But, you know. I was going to get you on that one. I think you've got, you've got half the team's going to be university players. Half yep. the team's going to be um you know, people just tried out. Um, you, you know, from what I saw at the tryouts, there's a good core. I think they're going to be a smaller team, especially if they lose Alex, they're going to be a smaller team. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. We're going to roll the dice and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see. It's, um, I'd like to see him, I'd like to see him personally come out. Um, I was going to say come out really hard this season, but that just doesn't sound right, does it? No. Um, no, not at all. But what I would I, say I, is... I want, to, I want to see them come out first game punching. Like yeah, really, I think I think you will. You'll see them against really Bogner. Like, I think you'll yeah. see that. Um, no, I mean, not, no. I want pre-season. I want it to be from the bat. Like we're a team, oh, we're coming out, and we're here to prove a point. Yeah. And, and that first game is we're going to cement ourselves. As, I mean, they've obviously got a lot of work to do pre-season and building up to that. And if we can beat the Kestrels, that'd be great. I mean, what I would say that? is... Would you take that win personally? Oh, I'll be running on the court with the, to the players if we <laughs> get that win. 100%. <laughs> um, but what I, what I would say is I think one of the biggest challenges the team have is, is possibly Simon because he is so fundamental to the team. Let's just say he gets injured. Well, there's a problem there. There's a problem because that's a that's a hole to to fill. I I, he, I think he did get injured during the season last year and, and, and they won. Yeah. yeah. So you know, it's just what happens when when those challenges come up. I mean, the other argument, just to throw it in a different direction, is is he a Division Three player? Probably not. No. Could he get in a Div One team? Could he get in a Div Two team? Yeah, I think he could. Yeah. I think he could. Uh, you know. Being selfish for the for Portsmouth, I'd want him to stay here. Um, but looking at all sports, when you have smaller teams, and certainly when you have emerging teams as well, they're well known for being like breeding grounds. Yeah. For and people and bigger or more established teams or higher up teams, quite happily to just run in and go, "Hey, do you fancy playing with us next year?" Or, you know. Yeah. So, who knows? I think it, he could definitely get a spot. Um, 
But again, like I said, being selfish, I think it would be good if he stayed for the club. And you're going to be gracing the world with your vocals next year? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing, doing the announcing. Um, I think, you know, we were... I know we were talking about maybe taking again taking that to a different level where we're doing more the reporting side of things um you know maybe for the away games we could do some commentating yep. during some live commentating we, um, we even considered doing a live podcast and doing it as a, a a live commentary as paul said so but that's that, that's an option that's it's, these steps these layers yeah. and everything that's just making the whole um the whole package you know, just improving all, all, all over time. You know, it's exciting to be around. You know, personally, I cannot wait to see that mascot run out. He has been... <laughs> the the guys going into it is is um, it's top secret. He is... I've seen him. He's been practicing his, his Segway work to, to be getting on that <laughs> Segway with the mascot. He goes quick on it as well. Oh, so that, that rules me out then. Um, that thing just spells A&E. If I look at where even look at a segue, it's that's I'm just no, I'm past that point now where if I hit the ground, I don't bounce, I just splat. <laughs> well, that's that's um, definitely something you can you can try. Yeah. Get in the suit and I, jump on I the segue. 100% get in the suit, but I, I fear the crowd would not appreciate my willingness to participate in that. Yeah. And you know what we should do? Personal space. We should bring the mascot on here and you can change the tone of his voice so no one knows who it is. Yeah, we can do. And um, we, we can we can get it set up so like a, a bit like a voice changer so they Yeah. Yeah, we can do I something think, like that. No worries. I think let's do that. He would love it. Yeah. And I, I do think it's important that the, the mascot's identity is kept. It could be a female. It could be. It could be because you're saying he a lot, and and this could maybe be, I'm throwing you off this could deliberately. Be a ruse. It's, not, it's not your not your maybe wife. Maybe I'm is throwing it? you off. <gasps> is your mum going to be the mascot? Maybe that would be amazing. But you know, personally, no, wouldn't she just give everyone a hug? Like, uh, just no, it's no good. That's the bit I'm looking forward to, just to seeing. Yeah, no, it, it, it's uh, you know, doing that part of the. I want to say the show, but putting that part on is great fun and it's just seeing the reaction of the audience and and the players both home players and away players seeing everyone's reaction when the sound effects are going mm -hmm. um, when the music's playing and it's it's created that atmosphere that's really good because even you know th these are away players who are playing they've probably traveled somewhere been in a car for a couple of hours. They're like, I don't want to be in Portsmouth. I mean, there's days that I don't want to be in Portsmouth and I live here. But, you know, they don't want to be here. And then they've got a crowd that they think, oh, they're not going to be cheering for us. But you've created an atmosphere. You think, oh, this is kind of cool, though. I'm enjoying it. And even if they're getting their butt kicked or even if they're winning, it kind of almost makes no difference. They just, mm. it's a, they're having as a, uh, an athlete an experience. And I think that, you can just see it across everyone. Even the university staff pop their heads in and they're all like, what is going on here? Yeah. Like, oh, yes, yeah, it's, it's not like a regular badminton game or something, you know. Yeah. We're actually putting on a And I think event. you're looking at it a little differently to everyone else now because yep. you're sat on that side with us. Yep. You're looking at all the reactions. So you're mm. getting 
like we we get a buzz that not many other people get in that room because we're 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 watching everyone aren't we yeah yeah and so, uh we're watching we're seeing everyone's reactions and especially when it we're talking and people are like i can't hear what you're saying and then you do your shout or say something and they're like oh bloody hell yeah i can hear it now yeah and like you know when someone drives in and ties the game yeah we see the crowd or stand up or cheering you see the coaching standing up the players clapping or the players doing their bit and stuff we we almost we're getting this step back view aren't we yeah but you do we do miss out a little bit because we don't because we're so step back you're looking at it, it would be nice in a way to do i won't say commentary it would be nice to do that in a way on purely on the basis that you sit back and you're watching the game and you're just enjoying the game for what it is so i, I agree with you there but in a way it's a bit like uh, the, the players and the crowd and everything that's going on is it's like its own orchestra and it's a bit like <laughs> being a DJ in a club in a sense that yeah that's a good you're, analogy you're keeping people engaged in exactly what is going on and you're having to read the rhythm and you're having to read the rhythm of the game because for for anyone who's you know doesn't play basketball but watches it maybe the people who watch it don't know probably appreciate it more the fact that basketball is fast paced and it is a very fast paced game you can be up 12 points and then you have a couple of bad plays and then you're down three and you think what that, and that's like a, not even two three minutes yeah i don't forget and, portsmouth against oxford at home yeah. <laughs> we were down by 10 yeah with two minutes left and we went into overtime exactly and, and those things that that constant that's why i was thinking like a like a, a conductor or a DJ where they're having to constantly read what is going on and you're, you're sometimes having to inform the crowd like this is a point where you're supposed to get behind a team like let's play the music to clap let's play the music to cheer you know this is the time to shout defense because you want people to get jeered up um, those things are I think that's the home advantage plain and simple but I think that has really been uh, you know like the, the sixth band on the court last year the, having the crowd there and having all that that happen I would you know you could say the coaches and the coaching staff etc but um, not the refs um, but incidentally refing last season I'll just throw it out there I thought it was pretty consistent I don't think there was any real stinky calls last year no, I mean, I think from a referee, as long as it's consistency, whether it's good cause or bad cause, as long as it's consistent, yep. that's all you can ask for because you know the, you know, where you're playing. I don't think any referee goes into a game thinking, I'm going to make bad calls, but no. you know what I mean? If if they have consistent calls yep. throughout, oh, right, everyone knows where they stand. I mean, I think it'd be great. To, we'll get some refs on there. I, I, the thing I liked about the refing, I only wanted to mention it because I think refs do get overlooked and these are people who are giving up their free time yes they are getting paid but we are talking not a lot of money so they are doing this really for the love of the game and it's a lot of pressure and they're under as well a lot of pressure and but it's a split split second decision two, that they have to make there was two Something games happened, they got a call there was two games in particular and 
the, the reason they stood out for me was that the refs let the game flow. And sometimes you get a, a ref who's a little bit, I won't say too eager, but they will call everything. And other times you're then, oh, I'm going to let this go, and then I'll have to let something go at the other end. But like you're saying, it's all about consistency. And if you can be consistent and let the game flow, you get a little bit more of a physical game sometimes, which is always much better to watch. The games you don't want to watch is just someone always getting back down. or A call every play. A call every yeah. play, and it's stop-start, and you think. Whereas we both watched, we were both there to watch the shortest game in NBA history. That was tragic. Which was, we had amazing seats, and it was the we shortest game in NBA history. Row six. And it just, it, you know. Center court, row six. An hour six. and a quarter or an hour and a half. We were there. That was it, done. Yeah, so and, just to put perspective, who are Orlando playing on that day? Uh, that was Indiana. Orlando versus Indiana Pacers. Yep. We sit center court, row six. Yep. And the smallest people in the world literally sat in front of us. Yep. So we had the greatest view because I don't know if anyone knows this about Orlando. I don't know if it's anywhere in any other court, but in Orlando, if you're in the first 10 seats, you go for a VIP area. So you get free drink, free food, anything you want, basically. Um, so yeah, we just had a meal, free meal in there or yeah. paid with the ticket, free meal. Free drinks. That was the first actual real food we eat in America. Yeah, and but, I mean, someone says you can free drinks. So brilliant. Okay, so we thought let's jump on this train, and it was the shortest NBA game yeah. in history. And it was like that was a real what shame. you know what I did, I'm, I'm sure I told you this, but I went back to the bar. Yep. Just towards the end of the third quarter, and when I got my beer. Um, he said, sorry, it's going to be $6 or whatever it was. And he said that, so the barman said that they stopped giving free drinks and free food at the end of the third quarter. And the third quarter just finished. Yeah. I went, oh, okay. So I paid him and I went to say, I went, oh, no, no, no. In the fourth quarter, you're not allowed to take any drink out there. Yeah. And I was like, why is that? And I'm assuming it's because they throw it on the court if they've lost or whatever. So... I'm now in a bar with a pint just going, hang on, I'm now missing an NBA game here. So it was a you know, quick sign Wash off and <laughs> quick sign off and um back to the court. But yeah, Grab quick yourself as, a pack of Skittles on the way through. Yeah, free Skittle, free chocolate, free Chris, anything. <laughs> but um yeah, I mean what an experience. And I I don't know if you remember, but what we did do is walk around the court mm. and yeah, so close to the action. And I I remember people saying, well, you see hear it nowadays, they talk about NBA playoff basketball, it's so much harder and stuff like that. But I mean, this was regular season. I was walking around and like, you yeah. just hear, you just feel, and you're thinking, bloody hell, and this steps up for playoffs as and, well. And that's, you know, I think it's that type of memory that you have that you're trying to instill people that are coming to the other games and you want people to have that sort of, that kind of experience when they come into a force game that's our influence yeah for sure that's our influence um yeah well you know what I that was think, a good history wasn't it i think that's a pretty good that's a good wrap-up certainly for uh everything that's gone on with portsmouth basketball and um certainly brings us up to date but we will do a, a separate podcast 
just about Mickey Byrne himself because uh, yeah, there's a lot more to go into them and um, I think we can maybe piece up a few stories and maybe if we can get a few people on beforehand and they can uh, share some of their things about him as well because it, it has been such a, a figurehead in that southern basketball and UK basketball that it's it, it, you know one of the people that he used to coach is now the GM for Toronto Raptors you know the president for Toronto Raptors for example it, it is all these like little things that people don't maybe know or realise um, I think when we were at his funeral and you saw some of the pictures that's when it was like yeah. oh wow that's who he was coaching for when he was coaching England basketball. Yeah. <laughs> he was associating with all these people. I think that's when he associated with the the Raptors GM. Yeah. Um, and there's there's a few more. Um, yeah. There, oh, there, there's definitely a few more, and it, it's. Um, but yeah, he's he's worthy of his own show. He's, he's definitely earned that. You know what I would say about Mick, and this is when it was on Channel Four. I do remember him. Any time any basketball was on Channel Four. <laughs> You would have the commentator talking yeah. and um, on the court. You'd always see Mickey, even if he wasn't even coaching, just on centre court, just walking around behind the uh, commentators or behind the, yeah. you know, announcers and interviewers. Um, just, you know, he, he had very distinct, you know, white hair, white beard, Father Christmas kind of look. Um, you would always just be able to highlight him out. You'd be watching Basketball yeah, Channel it. 4 and go, there yeah, mixed by, behind the camera again. Where is he? Any minute now, he's going to cut. There he is. And he's like bending down to pick a bit of trash up off the floor. And he'd bend over and then sort of like look around where the cameras are and then carry on again. Just yeah. like anyone being interviewed on, you know, TV or something. Isn't it? Just, yeah, it's a, it's a good memory for him. But well, no, it's, 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 any questions? Any, any questions? topics? Was it noises were made at gmail.com? Yeah, noises were made.com. And we'll talk about it. Uh, noises were made. Go on our Instagram, drop us a like. There's loads of stuff on there. Um, we're going to be hosting it on this, which is part of my channel at the moment, but we're going to have more things coming. And that's what my alarm, that? just to say we're running out of time. Oh, is that my car? Well, it is your car, but it's also perfect time for me. So isn't that good? How do we... T we literally timed that. I wasn't even looking at it. My phone was over there. So that was pretty cool, wasn't it? Um, didn't know it did that. But... We want you to contact us and we want we want anyone who's going to listen to this podcast to drop us a like, share it out there. Um, we want the podcast to take off and we want to be talking to a load of other people in Portsmouth, but around the Portsmouth area. If you're from one of the other teams in our league or from one of the other teams that we played last season or whatever, drop us a like, drop us a thing. If you want to get on the show and have a chat with us, do you remember this game? Do you remember that game? Whatever. We'd love to have a chat with you. I think if, if anyone from the BBL, do... great, come down as well. If people can do jingles, we'll come up with an idea of jingles. Yeah. Like we got like the interview section, yeah. the topic. If anyone wants to make one, send it, we'll use it. Yep, 100%. 100%. We can do any anything like that. Uh, we just want to make it somewhere where we can share things about basketball. Obviously, we're based in Portsmouth, but who knows where it'll go. But thank you so much for joining us today, wherever you are, whenever you're listening. And hopefully, we'll be back very, very soon with another episode. Yeah. Until next time.